Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, November 4th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. Okay, here we are. <clears throat> End of another week. We are now, where are we? Let's see. Say Friday night, Saturday. Four days. We have four days out from the big midterm elections on Tuesday. Um, if you haven't turned in your ballot early, if you haven't gone to vote early, Make sure you are there on Tuesday at the polling place voting because this is it. This is it. This could be this could be <clears throat> this could be the last election of our lifetime. No, it's not going to be the last election of our lifetime. Well, it'll obviously be the last election of some of our lifetimes, you know, but it will not be the last election for mankind, even though every election they kind of say it is right. This is it. This is the big one, but it is a big one. And, you know, we are. We are getting very, very, very close, very, very, very close to a very big red wave. Whatever adjective you want to use, you want to use the adjective wave, you want to use the adjective tsunami, you want to use typhoon, typhoon, typhoon. However you want to postate it, it could be very, very big on Tuesday night. It can be very, very big. Um, and look, the title of this episode or show, is Democrats think you're stupid. And I know that sounds very generic. It sounds kind of like a cliche. But you know what? Everything they are doing, especially in this home stretch, in the hours before the election, really proves that they think you are stupid. Now, there's not enough room to put like, you know, 35 words. I just wanted to put Democrats think you are stupid. Five very simple words. But if they think they're going to get your vote by what they have been saying over the last two years, especially over the last two weeks, if Biden thinks he's going to get your vote by coming out insulting 60, 65 percent of the country, if they think they're going to get your vote by constantly talking about one day, January 6th of almost two years ago, it will soon be two full years. If they want to, if they think they're going to get your vote by constantly saying Trump, Trump, MAGA, Trump, boogeyman, Trump. Uh, two years, only almost two years after he's left office, almost two years after he has actually no power over anyone in this country. If they think they're going to get your vote by talking about things like a, a hammer attack in San Francisco on the husband of the Speaker of the House, if they think that you're going to they're going to get your vote on these things, then they think you're stupid. That's what it comes down to. And you are stupid if you vote for them based on their last minute pleas and wild, wild Hail Mary passes into the end zone. It's absolutely stunning. It's absolutely stunning that in the final moments, this is their this is their basically their closing argument. The Democrats closing argument as we head into the final weekend before the election is. If you vote for Republicans, it'll be hell on earth. The Republicans are evil, satanic, and if you vote for them, you are part of the Satan cult, the cult of Satan. You are an evil person if you vote. So they're trying to almost, I say guilt you into voting for Democrats. They're trying to, they're trying to say you're an awful person if you don't vote for Democrats. That's their closing argument. That's their closing argument. It's pathetic. 
It's absolutely pathetic. I, I have seen, we have seen many election cycles where one party is in power, things aren't going well, the economy's stupid, like Clinton said. They still know, okay, so they know that on the major issues, they're on the, they're on the wrong side, that election cycle, they're on the losing side. But they still try to come up with something, right? They try to come up with something to say, okay, this is what we're going to do better in two years if you vote for us. This party, this Democratic Party, they haven't said what they're going to do better if you give them another chance. If you give them another chance at total control, both houses of Congress and the White House, what are they going to do over the next two years that they haven't done the last two years to fuck everything up? What have they said they're going to do better? All they can say is, all that old fool Biden can say and washed up Hillary, Madame Hillary, is that the Republicans will make it worse. But how does that fly when things were better under Republicans two years ago? How does that fly when Democrats have had total control of everything for the last two years? And this is the result. How do you say Republicans are going to be worse than that? And then where is your proof? See, this is the same game they played with like fake COVID numbers. Oh, if we didn't do this, things would be a lot worse. Well, what's the proof? Oh, there's no proof. We just, so this is the exact same logic they're using for voting for Democrats. Republic, as bad as things are, Republicans will make it worse. There's no need for any kind of proof. In fact, if passed as prologue, Republicans will make things better because two years ago, when Republicans controlled things, things were better. But this is the game they play. We don't have to prove what we're saying. We're just going to say it because, yeah, it sounds good. Well, it doesn't really sound good. It sounds stupid to anyone with half a brain. And this is their closing argument. So basically, they think you're stupid that you're going to fall for this ridiculous closing argument. This is like the closing argument of a defense attorney when his client is a serial killer and it's been proven he killed 30 people. (laughs) And the closing argument is we should let him go because if we don't let him go, more people will die. (laughs) That's the the same. I just came up with that analogy. I think it's pretty brilliant. That's exactly the Democrats say. Let this serial killer go. Yeah, he killed 30 people. But if we if we lock him up, more people will die. Well, how can you prove that? You can. It's just what we say. <laughs> the Democrats are insane. They are insane. They would, I swear to God, it would have been better. I'd have more respect for them. I still w- wouldn't vote for them. And I'll never vote for them again. I'd have more respect if they said we really sucked. I guess we're going to lose. Maybe we'll try again in 24. <laughs> if they just said something to that, yeah, we really, really sucked. If you want to give us a mercy vote, that's great. If not, we'll see you in 24. We'll take the L for a couple of years. I'd have more respect if they did that. But they're not doing that. They're not doing that. And they're saying the most ridiculously stupid thing. Once again, I think they can do it in this election cycle. I see a little brain. What is it a little bit? Is that a brain? Cheese. Chase. I'll get to you in a second. It's a little brain avatar or, or, or brain x-ray. Um, we check a brain x-ray of Biden's head. What are we going to find? Um, but uh, it's it's shocking to me that... This is their closing argument, and they have nothing else. That's it. They have nothing else. You know, it, it's uh, trying to bully and guilt people. And then you have a race like, let's take a, one race in particular that I think is very big. I think, I think Republicans will do extremely well. They'll take the House. They'll take the Senate. But there are certain races that are like kind of like too good to be true races, like Lee Zeldin, the Democrat, in post-Trump New York State winning. That's like a too good to be true. If that happens... That doesn't have to happen for it to be a great night for Republicans. I mean, it'll be too bad if she wins. New Yorkers are fucked. But 
I, if, if Lee Zeldin wins that race, that, then you got like a, 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 like a, like category five tsunami. That is something to look at if that happens. I'm not convinced it will because it's New York and I don't have faith in New York. I don't have faith in the people of New York City to vote the right way. Upstate is not a problem. But Lee Zeldin needs about three out of every 10 New Yorkers to vote for Republican in post-Trump, Trump derangement syndrome, New York. So it's going to be tough. But maybe he can. Maybe maybe crime has gotten so bad. This is another thing. The Republicans are saying, Democrats are saying things like, oh, crime's not bad. Lee Zeldin is, is instilling fear. He's trying to win. They have the nerve to say Lee Zeldin is trying to win by scaring people. This is the party of if you don't get the vaccine, you don't wear a mask, you're killing your grandmother. All right. This is the party of if you don't get five boosters, wear a mask and social distance, your grandmother and grandfather are going to be in the grave. You're going to put them in their grave. This party has the fucking nerve to say a Republican is using fear. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Chase, I guess you on top of all this now, I wasn't even going to talk about Paul Pelosi, except by saying this is now day eight going on day nine of no video surveillance evidence of the break in. But uh, other than that. Now there's a new bombshell. NBC News pulled a report. They actually wrote a report about Pelo- about the break in more information that is so weird and so bizarre, making it look even more. Like our our, you know, the so-called conspiracy theorists like myself, conspiracy theorists were right. that They pulled the story. And just in general, this story. And once again, this ties into my idea, my, my, my theory of the Democrats. And it's not a theory. The Democrats used this. They ran with it. Right. I thought it was very suspicious. This happened 11 days, 11 days before an election where they knew they were going to get their asses kicked. And they're doing these crazy – see, it, it, it makes sense. It's not that far-fetched because they're doing these crazy Hail Mary passes, right, like Hillary, Obama, Biden doing his ridiculous speech. They're doing these crazy Hail Mary passes. And in that crazy Biden Hail Mary pass speech, he mentions Paul Pelosi. And Christine Jean-Pierre mentions Paul Pelosi. And where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? The exact same words. So I had a feeling this was all bullshit. I had a feeling it was all bullshit. And at the very least, they are – embellishing it to try to help them on Tuesday. So this is the story. I just want to read this quickly, then I'll get to the calls. I don't know if anyone has seen this. NBC News pulls a bombshell report claiming Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, didn't tell the police he was in danger following the attack. The media outlet pulled an explosive report claiming Paul Pelosi didn't indicate that he was in danger when cops showed up at his house. People have questioned yet the seeing the report was taken down, citing sources who claimed the husband of U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi did not signal he was in distress. When authorities arrived, it said the 82-year-old answered the door for the cops who responded to his 911 call. However, the officers were seemingly unaware they had been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. Sources said Pelosi didn't declare an emergency or rush out, but instead walked several feet back into the foyer toward David Papp, who had a hammer in his hand. The now deleted clip told a different story than court documents filed in the Pap's case, which stated Pelosi nervously but calmly greeted officers in a dimly lit foyer when both men arrived. So this gets this gets more and more bizarre. It gets more and more bizarre by the day. But once again, what can clear a lot of this up is simple video surveillance of everything that was going on. And once again, we are now in day eight going on day nine and then not releasing this. So you have to believe 
that there's something to hide. Maybe everything. According to New York Post, NBC News did offer an explanation which read the piece should not have aired because it did not it did not listen to this. It did not meet NBC News reporting standards. In other words, it wasn't censored. It was too, too much of the truth. This is bizarre. This really is fucking bizarre. This gets crazier and crazier. It really does. And the fact of the matter is that, once again, a lot of this can simply be cleared up by showing us everything. The video surveillance footage. The house is being surveilled. They said the people surveilling the house in D.C. weren't looking. They weren't watching. They fell asleep or whatever. Or, they, you know, it's two in the morning and nothing usually happens, so they probably just weren't watching. But we know that the house had surveillance and they were watching it on a modern D.C. You know damn well it was being recorded. Show us all of the surveillance from the time he, he got to that house to breaking in to when everything was over. And the, and the police camera, the body camera, show us that. That will show us either Paul Pelosi coming to the door very nervous or calmly coming to the door and then going back to greet his hammer attacker. Show the evidence or the speculation continues. Once again, and the Democrats are using this. Another reason why they need to show this evidence. They are using this to try to gain votes. They are trying to tie this guy to Pat, whether he was crazy or not, whether he was entering illegally or not, whether he was invited in, whether it was a, a, a spat, whatever it may have been. They're using it to try to get votes, meaning they need to show the evidence even more, okay, because they can't be trusted. I don't want to hear this. Oh, don't just trust them. Why? They always lie. You're talking about the media, which lie, the whole which always lies. Nancy Pelosi always lies. Joe Biden who always lies. The Democrats who always lie. Why should I believe anything without evidence? I'm from Missouri. Show me. Chase. Oh. Hey, Mike. I can, can you hear, hear me? loud and clear. All right. Good deal. How you doing? Right, pretty good. Look, I, I was laughing about your uh, Joe Biden to my picture. I think there's too much brain in that uh, that profile picture to. <laughs> I thought to, it might uh, be I wasn't sure. You're right. Too much brain in there. Too much brain. Yeah. Too much brain. Right. right. I was going to get your opinion, man. Do you think? Do you think the American people are just that stupid? I mean, I, how did how did how did this office get? I mean, how did Joe even get elected number one? Number two, I'm fearful that are we are we that stupid that something like that's going to get elected again this this upcoming election? I mean, it's just. It scares me. I mean, what what's your opinion? Are, are we that stupid? Do we believe in the lies? I mean, well, look, I think the way it's going to work out, I mean, based on my feeling and my optimism in the polling is that most people, the majority will not be stupid. Right now, of course, yeah, I would people, hope so. you know, they're going to be people voting for Democrats. It's always going to be 40, 45 percent, no matter what happens. But yeah. I, what I'm saying is that I think the majority will see through this crap. And in fact, I think the majority aren't even listening to Democrats anymore. I think the majority are not even not. listening to Joe Biden anymore. In fact, I think when he talks, he only hurts Democrats. I think they should put him back in the basement till Tuesday. You know? Oh, I'm man. Yeah. He's I'm senile. He's senile. I'm going to Pennsylvania. I'm glad he's going to these tight races because he's going to make them not tight because people don't believe anything he says. Yeah. So he, it's just, man, it just, scares, it just scares me. I just feel I, I want to believe that the majority is just being silent, but it just scares me, man. Well, look, it you scares know? me that there are even 40. There are even four of every ten people who vote for these people. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a lot of people, man. It's a country of three hundred thirty million. That's a that's hundred. That's a lot of fucking people. 
That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, so that scares me. And, and where are you? Where are you? Where do you? Where do you live? Uh, I'm in, from Mississippi. Oh, you're in Mississippi. You're so lucky. What are you complaining about? <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, hey, there's a lot to complain about, brother. That we got prices are tripled, man, and my family's hurting, dude. I, I mean, don't. Yeah, I don't mean to. What I'm, I guess what I mean is I live in San Francisco. You have to have much. Oh no, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you have to I have mean, much more. In, in the grand scheme, we're, we're we are lucky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we uh, live in a much freer state. That, you know, that yeah. doesn't have a crazy governor who puts the groups of hair gel in his hair, and then you know, and then uh, you know, as a dictator decides what's best for everyone. We don't. And and I'm outside of Jackson, man. I don't know if, how far the uh, the news has has gotten out there, but man, our our water crisis is just ridiculous, man. It's almost embarrassing. Is, still, I mean, is, our, it, still, is it still bad? Is it still a problem? Oh bad? man, it's been a problem for. It's just now hitting the papers, but it's been a problem for. I mean, ten, fifteen years easily. Really? It's, yeah, they just been slapping band aids on it, man. So I mean, that's, that's a that's a combination of who who do we blame for that? Do we blame the do we blame uh, the local Republicans? No, I don't know, man. I mean, well, our mayor is just. We've had a lot of corruptness going on, but our mayor is just, just not – I think it just boils down to being corrupt, man. Like we're not using the money where it needs to go. Yeah, I mean yeah. we've just been slapping Band-Aids on this water on this water problem, and I mean it, now now it's busted for lack of – you know, and, and the, no pun intended. But I mean literally the water is just – I mean they, they turn on the water, man. It's brown. I've seen videos of it coming out. It looks like fudge. Yeah, I mean, literally like fudge, and uh, and they now saying it's better and all this, but man, it's just it's still bad. It's just you, not getting the publicity. What? So in your in your place, do you do you, do you do you use water filters or anything? Have you use bottled water? What do you do? Do you boil it? Do you do anything? Yeah, so I went to I actually went to college in Jackson, and um, I mean, we couldn't I mean, we couldn't even drink the water. I mean, half the time in our cafeteria, we would our fountains would be shut down because of it. So I mean. We would literally drink bottled water, but I mean, I, I'm living outside of Jackson now, thank yeah. God, yeah. and so it's not quite as bad. But I mean, yeah, you got to filter, and and I mean, people are now getting charged water bills that are just ungodly amount of money, and Jackson's already in a like a, a I mean, low income people that can't afford, you know what I mean? And, and sure, I know, yeah, a lot of lot of poor people, a lot of poor a lot people. of poor people, and yeah. so a lot, of, a lot of poor people, a lot, a lot of poor white people, right? A lot of poor white people. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure they want to make it a minority thing, but that ain't No, it. no, no, no. Especially in the South, places like Mississippi, Alabama, tons of poor white people. Most of them are white in those areas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but the, that's not what's in the news. I mean, it's the minority, you know. It's like it's like water's racist. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's really- <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, no, nah, man, it's affecting all of us. <laughs> yeah, it's affect- it affects everybody. That's the thing about – you know, uh, Democrats like to always make that a, a poverty is a you know black thing, African American thing, but it's not. I mean, it's it's pop- there are plenty of there are more wh- poor white people in this country than poor black people, just because there are more white people. You know, and that's just the way it goes. But you'll never hear that. You'll never hear that. And, and these politicians will never go to places like Mississippi and Alabama and just take a look. Just look. You know. No, no, and no, because I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just it's bad. It's bad. But but I do think. But I, I do think nationally, I think Tuesday will be a good day. Now, it's not going to help Jackson. But I think in general, I think we have a problem with a two-party system, as I've mentioned many times, where it's so easy to get corrupt, right? Uh-huh. It's so easy to get corrupt because 
and I've, 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 and I've, and I've used, I've used states like yours in the example, mine. Okay. My, my state of California, your state of Mississippi, right? You're talking about California, which is deep blue, Mississippi, which is deep red, where if you're a democratic politician, it's very hard to lose here. If you're a Republican politician, it's very hard to lose in Mississippi. So it's easy to become complacent. It's easy to become corrupt. And because you know, no matter what, you're, you're, you're going to keep your job for 30, 40 years. That's, that's the problem, man. That's the problem. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. I mean, I, yeah, I work in state government right now, and I mean, that, I mean, it's 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 bad. I mean, exactly what you said. There's people just coasting, man. They don't care. They right. know they know they're going to be good, and yep, yep, they're set, and they're not going to. I mean, it. Right. right. It's just easy for them to say, "Oh, that's not my job." I mean, you know. What yeah. I mean? Exactly. They always they always push it on someone. It's always someone else's fault, right? It's yeah. always the next. It's always the next guy's fault. But it just make it just it just scares me, man. I just feel I just got a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach for this next this upcoming election. That just people are just uh, I don't know. It just it just worries me. Well, look, because you have the president who's you know uh, uh, senile and totally out of it, and because he gets the bully pulpit, he's on TV a lot. It doesn't mean his party's going to win. No, you know, I agree. Like, but like I but, said, but uh, do you think people are believing this crap? I mean, I'm worried that people are believing his crap and on this not are. even I mean, his I, crap. I at this point, it, I mean, he's just a puppet. I mean, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he ain't pulling the strings. I, I saw this focus group on Fox in, yesterday in the morning, and they had one guy there who was a Democrat who said he's going to vote for Democrats simply because of the bullshit that he believes. You know that January sixth and democracy, and and they question elections and all this nonsense. <laughs> All this nonsense. We know Stacey Abrams questioned her election. Hillary Clinton said she never lost. Trump, Trump is not a, not a legitimate president. They, both sides do this shit. So this bullshit that is a Republican thing is, is moronic. Plus, the only people who are pushing this nonsense because they can't talk about the issues are Democratic candidates. Republican candidates are not going around talking about the election was stolen. They're going around talking about crime, immigration, inflation, the economy. That's why they're winning. Because they're yeah. talking about things people want to hear that people are concerned about while the Democrats are going around talking about fucking January 6th. No one yeah. cares. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. And, you know, there are equal, you know, there are rotten, what do you call it, sour sour grapes on both sides. People on oh, both for sure. There is. Election and said it's not fair. I think I won. I want to recount. This was wrong. This was wrong. To make it a Republican, I think, of course, is totally false. Total bullshit. So. Yeah. You know, only because Trump had a loud voice, right? Trump. Yeah, I, and, and I, I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a diehard Republican or whatever. I thought Trump, I mean, great president for the for the country, but I mean, he ran his mouth too much, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, and, sure. And I mean, you know, yeah, you got to you got to be presidential, but at the same time, man, like you know, this is just too many soft people in this world. Too oh. many, or in our country. Oh, and, uh, no, we have tons of snowflakes in this country. Oh, it's, it's I mean, yeah. And like, that's a, yeah. That's, yeah. A big, that's a big reason why a lot of people on the left didn't like Trump, because they're snowflakes. And, you know, this this is what always gets me, too. People always say, oh, I want my politics. I don't, I don't like lifetime politicians. I don't like political speak. I like people who speak directly and honestly. And then you get people. Whether you <laughs> honestly, with them or honestly not, what a... Yeah, what and a, then you go, oh, that I can't handle it. I can't take it. <laughs> they don't want honesty. No, they want. That's not what they want. They want. Yeah. To be yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the whole Democratic side. I mean, it's bullshit. Yeah. They want to. You know, they, yeah. When when I ran for the time I ran for Congress in two thousand six, 
That was my thing because I'm a New oh, York. I didn't know you rent. I'm sorry. I'm new to this, Mike. Uh, that's all right. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I don't uh, even know, know your, your background, but. Yeah. Um, so I ran for Congress and I, I'm from, a New, I'm, I ran in Congress in Arizona, but I'm a New Yorker. So I'm very much, I have kind of a, a mouth like Trump does. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I would often get people who were taken aback by it. And I'd always say, so you really don't want, you see, I, I can't run for office anymore because you really don't want people who speak bluntly. You want to be bullshitted. You want people say they yep. want honesty, but they really want to be bullshitted. I learned that running for office, yep. and I think maybe Trump has learned that as well. Yeah, hopefully. no, I agree. And then they want to believe, yeah, they want to believe the bullshit. They want to be bullshitted, and then all of a sudden, it just it's going to shit. And you're like, well, yeah, because it is bullshit. Right. It is. It is. <laughs> it absolutely is. And the, and you know, we have a system where. We have people who are running for office again now who have been in office for 30 years, 30 years. This is yeah. why we need a, a good a good way to end all this is simply by saying you have a term limit of two or three years. And that's it. You know, you should not yeah. be able to keep office for 30 years. And if you look at all the Mm-mm. politicians who have been in office for 30, 40 years, almost all of them are full of shit and corrupt. Almost all of them. Simply because they know that they have a lifetime job and they can do whatever the fuck they want and get away with it. Yeah. So that that's that's a big issue. We we need term limits. That that would end a lot of this stuff. No, I agree. You know. Yeah. Well, I wish you luck there in Mississippi. I hope the water clears up. And you call (laughs) call me back. Call back on Tuesday or Wednesday night after this election, and we'll celebrate. I think it's going to be a good night. Yeah. No, I agree. I I hope so. I do. I I do. It'll be a good night. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Absolutely. Don't worry about it. All right, Mike. I appreciate you having me on, brother. All right, Chase. Thanks for calling. All right. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Okay. Daniel, I know I should have taken you first. I totally forgot. I know we had a, yeah, anyway. <laughs> How's it going? What's up? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's a great response. Uh, you nailed it with the, with the opening there. Thank you. <laughs> But Demo- Democrats think you're stupid, but you're not. Yeah. Have you? Did you have a, a family dog when you're growing up? Yep. Did you ever have your dog give you that look that says you're shitting me, buddy? <laughs> of course. Yeah, and, and 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 then you and then you realize I I can't even fool the dog. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that that's that's what I see every time the uh, that you see a Democrat uh, complain ab- about uh, Republicans talking about democracy as they just about destroyed ours. Every time you hear them talking about free speech when they just denied us that that free speech. Every time they talk about bodily autonomy when they spend the last three years denying us that. I mean, that's that's what the public is doing right now. They're, they're looking back at them with that look and just going, "You shit me, right?" Exactly. I mean, this is what they, it is. Basically, you're shitting me. And, and, and the fact of the matter is that I under, once again, as I've said before, I understand the idea of desperation and a Hail Mary pass and, and trying to create something. But I've never seen it like this before. I've never seen it where it's very obvious that they're playing to the lowest common denominator voter. And I don't know if there's I don't think there's enough of those out there. And the problem is when you're playing to the lowest common denominator voter. You're turning off more voters, you see. You're turning off those voters who know what you're doing and don't appreciate it. So for every low common denominator voter you might, you might capture, 
like a fish with a hook. You know, you're, there's, there's another 30 people who are saying, you know, we're not buying this crap. And in fact, we're going to punish you for it. You know, so that's the problem. That's the problem. There's, there's, there's the trade-off. What I don't understand is Biden, when he was running for office, they knew he would, he, they knew if they made him a uh, very, um, uh, 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 if he was as uh, visible as Trump, he'd lose. So they had to hide him in the basement. Now with his approvals, like at 35, 40, I don't know why they're not hiding him in the basement. I, I don't understand this. I mean, they're actually, I don't, I'd, I'd love to have like a democratic strategist on to tell me what is the plan? What, why would you have a guy who has such low approvals going to places where races are tight, where the people in that state don't approve of him? I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, here's, here's my, my hypothesis of what's going on right now. Um, the Democrats have spent quite a while, um, for quite a few years, at least that was, I would estimate approximately 10, uh, uh, developing, uh, tools like social media, um, to, uh, for their benefits. And I think that what they did, they did was they, they fell in love with this tool because they saw it as effective. And it is a very effective tool. We've been talking about this for, you know, for weeks. It's a very effective tool. But just like a movie producer that relies too much on tools of special effects because they think, oh, this is a fantastic tool, and they totally lose the plot. This is what the Democrats are doing. They're in love with this tool that they, that, that they have honed you know, so spectacularly, and they've, they've entirely lost the plot. And they think that they're going to just, you know, keep using this tool and hitting us over the head with it. And we're going to say, oh, great special effects. Yeah, yeah, you got my 15 bucks for the ticket. You know, we don't we don't want it anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think that <clears throat> once again, also, they 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 seem to be stuck. And this is something they, they've been stuck on. They Just the way they got stuck on their COVID narrative, you know, it was the wrong one, the wrong side. They, they're stuck on this narrative about January 6th, election integrity, you know, democ- democracy, re- you know, remaining intact. These crazy, <clears throat> you know what you'd call them? You'd call them these macro ideas, these huge macro ideas of, of you know, of democracy and what it means and election integrity. And that's not, it, it, it's not, they got stuck in that rut. And that's not what's on the minds of most people. What's on the minds of most people today, that might think was great. You know, if the economy was great and people doing fantastic and they had nothing else to worry about, yeah, then they, they could move on to these macro ideas. But what's on the mind of these of, 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 of these micro ideas of, of right now, of living right now, surviving today, today, and I don't th- I don't understand why Democrats don't get that. They just they do get, get it. I think they do get it, but they're not doing anything about it. They get it, and they and they just say it doesn't matter. Our new toy of social media control, which they think is controlling people because it is. Look at what it did, pumping up pan hysteria. Look at, look at the damage that they did with this tool over the last year. And tell me that isn't one of the most powerful tools we have ever seen in our lives. They think that they're going to use that tool and that their message doesn't matter. They're going going 
Uh, yeah, let's give everyone amnesty on their COVID thing. And yeah, let bygones be bygones. Yeah, it's too bad that my, my, my parents died because of your lockdown. It's too bad my kids were out of school. It's too bad that I lost my job. It's too bad that I lost my business. It's too bad that inflation is the highest ever, you know. Yeah, let's, let's just call it amnesty. They think they're actually going to muscle their way through this with this new tool that they created. Right. I know. I, I, I know. And it's 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 shocking to me. It really is. But I think the fact of the matter remains that it's not it's it's simply not going to work this time. And the question is, after that, what happens? I mean, we'll talk about that, obviously, after this is over with, because. Here's the question. Will the Democrats continue, even to the presidential cycle coming up, to talk about January 6th and being and, and, and threats to democracy? Or will they finally pivot to what really matters? Uh, they'll pivot to something new, whether they pivot to something that really matters. I, I highly doubt it. I mean, when, when pe- people... When they create new tools and, and ideas, they, they fall in love with them. Uh, and it's a dangerous thing to do. Is as one of my PhD even flat top advisors advised me, said, "Never fall in love with your ideas, yeah. um, because it just leads you down like 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 a lot of love that that um, that um, is is just an idea to people when they when they're just getting to know people and and and, and that and that those those emotions sort of carry them through and, and, and enable them not to see the bad." By, by this by this tool and they think they think they're going to keep using it and they i don't i don't think they're gonna i don't think they're gonna pivot i think they've fallen in love with this tool they, they just can't believe that it's not going to work for them because they've seen its major success i mean it, it's covid was its success i mean COVID was its beta test um and and they created the hysteria that they wanted to create to control people and it worked excellent and they excellently and they think that they're going to keep rolling this through i think through every election to come keeping using this tool and and i hope that they get trounced um and i hope that they learn that the uh, the tool sucks but they what they may end up doing after getting trounced is just saying oh we gotta we gotta work on the tool, and they may actually make that tool better, and then we really need to be scared. Again, and one is that if he runs, it'll almost it, here's the thing that is in Trump's favor: if Donald Trump runs, it'll almost force Democrats to continue this narrative of you know of 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 questioning elections and january 6th and democracy the same stuff that's going to make them lose now so trump would actually force their hand if yeah. he was to run again because right now they're talking about it. they're trying to make all these republican candidates mini trumps they would certainly have to talk about it if trump ran again and it's gonna it's gonna prove to fail it's gonna prove on tuesday to fail miserably so they're they'll they'll be between a rock and a hard place if Donald Trump himself 
runs again. Well, when the truth stops mattering, that's where people ultimately end up is between a rock and a hard place. But, you know, when this whole COVID shit was blowing up and I saw people saying, oh, it doesn't matter if uh, if we're masking up when it does no good at all. And it doesn't matter if they're telling us to all get vaccines. We just got to get Trump the hell out of here. It doesn't matter if we're locking down. We just got to get Trump out of here, out of, you know, out of politics entirely. And yeah, this, this is what you get. Exactly. Daniel, thanks for the call. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks. Have a good night. Right, you too. All right. Let's go to Tony. Uh, Tony, how are you on this Friday night? What's up? Okay, yeah, Mike, this is the test. Do you okay. still hear me? Yes, I still hear you, Daniel. Okay, hey, that's, yeah. a, that's our test. Okay. <laughs> how you doing, Mike? All right, Tony. How's it going? Oh, my God. It's, it's a lot worse than I ever thought. What's happening? With, uh, hold on one second. <laughs> My dogs are going nuts. One second, one second. <laughs> All right, stop, 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 stop. Yeah, so the Democrats need to get destroyed. The, the party's got to end. They, they've gone way too far. I mean, when we're at the point of pushing ourselves to the brink of nuclear war, it's, 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 <laughs> You can't you can't be pushing mutual assured annihilation like no. No. that's too far. And I've I've be, I was a Democrat. I was a Bernie crat. Mm-hmm. I was a progressive. Mm-hmm. They've all failed. And now it's basically uh, ever since they did all that shit, they 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 openly stated in court that they're a corporation and they don't have to be obligated to their own rules. So there's there's no integrity whatsoever. They can manipulate everything. Um, it's I, I feel like after that they lost the constituency. Yeah. Um, they uh, Nancy Pelosi's doing these twenty five thousand dollar dinners with these you know rich donors. Like that's all they care about. That's that's who that's their condition. You know, like that's who they serve. That's why it's always culture wars. Because culture wars don't cost their donors anything. If it's a class war, then they would have to be forced to tell their donors that they're going to have to pay their fair share, which they can't because the donors are the ones that are funding their elections and putting huge amounts of money in their, in their you know, pack, the, the, their super PACs and all that stuff that they, they, that they get when they leave and all that stuff. The, the, system, the system is so screwed up. But be but – yeah, but beyond that, um, <laughs> Dr. Shiva, the uh-huh. uh, the First Amendment lawsuit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which took me hell of to find because it's because even Google has it hidden. It's right. like you, you can't put Galvin lawsuit in and stuff like that. He had to put it up himself, which I had to go find the link because they hide everything. They do. Yep. Oh, it, it's 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 censored beyond belief, but this just blows everything up. If if uh, people got to take a look at it, um, it's the Doctor Shiva case. It's it has to do with the uh, with with actually proving that there was there was infrastructure set up 
to uh, to, to take over big tech yep. and have be able to influence and yep. stop whatever they wanted, yep. uh, ban people, kick them off, mm-hmm. uh, basically stop any information from coming out, let them have control. Also enable a whole lot of bot software so whatever they're doing and saying they can look like they're getting a lot of popularity and 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 you know you know, and people behind them when there's really nothing in there they, like no influence right the, the party's going to get wiped out this just and they need to they it's 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 the most undemocratic thing i've ever seen yeah, I mean, and the other ones are screaming about Republicans being undemocratic and wanting to, you know, ruin democracy. You know, like I said, doth protest too much. They're the ones who are always projecting this. Yet they're the ones who have done it. I mean, and once again, they, they then they then they write columns about forgiving, being forgiven for the last two and a half years and what they did to people during COVID. And yet here they are again. They don't realize what they did wrong. They don't realize what they did for two and a half years was exactly what they claimed the Republicans and Donald Trump are, right? These dictatorial authoritarians who want to take away freedom and destroy democracy. The Democrats did that for two and a half years. They destroyed democracy. There was no democracy. There was, we say you close your business. We say you wear a mask. We say you get the vaccine. Who are they kidding? Who are they kidding? But it shows they have no repentance. They have zero repentance. No, they, they, they would, they, they, when they went through the report, they blame progressives and then they blame Trump and then they blame, they blame whatever they can blame. Russia, just, yeah. there's no, there's no inward look on what the hell's going on, but they're not going to do that because it's, it's, it's about them having control and them having the power and them having the influence and them having the money and not letting anyone else in and anyone that gives, you know, even if it, even if someone gets a lot of people behind them, they're going to use them to they're going to use them, then manipulate the primary, and then take all that support for themselves. Yeah. Even yeah. yeah, even with the whole Roe v. Wade situation, right. that was a police, that was a complete sham. That was like a three card Monty on on you know in the middle of downtown Manhattan, someone running right. like right <laughs> like they, they had they had the uh, they had full control twice with Obama and Biden, and they did nothing. Right. And then all of a sudden, right after, right after the uh, that the memo came out that they were going to overturn it, they made eighty million dollars. And then within ten months, they made half a billion yeah. off of that. So we know who leaked it, right? That, that tells you right there who leaked it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, tells you, that tells you right there why we haven't found out. No one talks about that, right? Where's the great media? How come we don't know who leaked it when there was like – they said it was, there's was probably like 20 to 30 people that could have leaked it. And so far we have it in a year. We don't know who the fuck leaked it. Come on. Give me a break. Yeah. Well, also they have so much control that they can – they could tell Google to hide stuff. They could tell you know, Twitter to hide stuff, Facebook to hide. They, got, they have full control over everything. So it's not even like – we can even get the information or see what the right information is. Right. And then if we question it, we get banned or we get kicked off and all this other. It, it's insane. <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's, some, it's like China shit. It's like, yeah. it's like I, I feel like we're going to have a social code soon. <laughs> well, it, 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 that's what they would love us. What are you talking about? That's exactly what the left wants. That's exactly what the, yeah. is. the great reset they do want. They want social credit scores. Of course they do. They absolutely yeah. want social credit scores. I have no, no doubt about it. Look, the Democrats are such – this is another thing about the Democrats that I hate. They're such 
elitists. They think they're so much better than everyone else. You know, they showed that asshole who always has a different hairdo, Joy Reid. Oh, my God. He was on talking about how people have been taught. Oh, we had we they have just been taught about inflation. They're being taught about if they weren't taught about it, they have no idea what's going on. I mean, just talking down to people, talking down to adults like they're children, like Kamala Harris always does, talking to us like we're five-year-olds, like we're learning something for the first time. Fuck Joy Reid. Oh, we're being taught. Oh, the, the peasants are being taught about inflation, and now they're mad. If they were never taught about it, they wouldn't say a word. You know, fuck you, honey. You know, I'm tired of these people who make millions of dollars, run their fucking mouths. They have no talent. They're there because of affirmative action and wokeness and identity politics, and they're telling the rest of us how, 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 how to live and how, how much better than, than – they're so much better than us. I'm tired of them. I'm actually and they get, they, and they have open doors because it's all their elitist friends that get them the job. They never been on the corner begging for crumbs. Like <laughs> they no, don't know what that's like. <laughs> no, of course not. They have no idea. They have no idea. They really They're not collecting it. bottles out of garbage cans. Like, <laughs> right. And only in this country of this extreme affirmative action and wokeness and identity politics do these people have these positions. Okay? Otherwise, they won't even have these positions. All right? So the fact of the matter is Joy Rude would be someone's secretary. Joy Rude would be some white guy's secretary. Okay? If it wasn't for this fucking country. And they're always bashing this country. They're always bashing this country. That's another thing about the left. They're always bashing the country that has given them stuff that other countries, they would never be able to achieve this in. That's what really makes me upset now. And as I get older, I get more upset about that. Like, like, I I feel like, Not, we're not in each other's faces. Uh, call them, like, well, we'll get nothing done. We'll. Right. Yeah, well, look, the fact of the matter is that this this is <laughs> I think by this point <clears throat> I don't think the I don't think the system is going to get fixed because the system doesn't want to get fixed. Okay? No. Okay. There's too much money and power in the way this system Yeah. Exactly. And that's the problem. It's like Everything that's going on in Congress, you can find in a RICO statute. Lobbying, yeah, exactly. like political manipulation, mm-hmm. <laughs> bribery. Like it's, right. I'm surprised they're not running roulette wheels in the back. It's well, you know. Hey, look, don't give them any ideas. <laughs> you know, don't give them any ideas. Really, you know. So, uh, like I said, it's um, the best we can do. And I know a lot of people who have called this show think it's you know when I say Republicans win, they say okay, so what then what after that but i think as i've said the what after that is hearings in january you know when it comes to the the covid fuck up um that we won't have if democrat well, look we 
haven't had them with Democrats running. We won't have them if Democrats control everything. But the whole the whole idea of it, it, it will be at least a the election. We don't care. We simply don't care. We care about being able to like get to work, having enough gas, being able to, you know, have enough money to, to, to pay for gas to get to work, not having to choose between going to work and eating that night. That's the stuff people care about, you know? Yeah, but, really but pisses they're, me they're off. with their rich elitist friends. They don't hear about that. No, that's what pisses me mm-hmm. off. That they don't, yeah. they don't they don't get it and they don't care. They're never gonna care. <laughs> it's it, it's it's over. It's done. The, they, the, the, the party just has to die. It, it, yeah. That's like the best thing that could happen. It's either that or the dollar crashes and the billionaires lose all their money and it's worth nothing. They, there has to be something that's got to that's got to give. That, that's what that's what I exactly. You know, and I think that I think this could be a very good run for the Republicans if they win big Tuesday and then they have, you know, someone who could take the White House in 24 like the like DeSantis. I think that would be a very good run. For the Republicans. But the fact of the matter is they, they need to. I, I do think, you know, as much as I criticize Democrats, I think after Tuesday, we really have to look at the Republican Party and decide whether and this will be this will definitely be a conversation on this show after Tuesday. Do they embrace Trump again or do they run away from him? Yeah. Who knows if they put up roadblocks? The thing about the thing about the thing is the the Republican primary worked, even if you don't like Trump. He was, uh, he was a little on the far end. He was able to get to the primary and get through. Like that, that means the system worked. They, they didn't have, they didn't have some like shadow app stopping everything. And, and <laughs> was that Pete, Pete Buttigieg's app? Wasn't that Pete Buttigieg's app that he ran? His company ran? <laughs> no, it was, it was the DNC. Yeah. Well, I heard that Pete Buttigieg would, you mean the, the app they were doing during the New Hampshire primary, right? The New Hampshire. Yeah, primary. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, Pete Buttigieg was behind it. Like his. He yeah, had- not only that, they used it. They also used it when they were voting for stuff in the DNC. Yes, and when and when Bernie and when the progressives brought up their propositions, all of a sudden the app shut off. There's absolutely no doubt that the 2016 Republican primary was much fairer than the Democratic primaries of 2016 and 2020. That the Republicans, <laughs> many of them, did not like Trump simply because he was an outsider, big mouth, not establishment, not in their club. You know, didn't kiss the ring of Cheney, so on and so forth, and they didn't want him. They wanted anybody but him. They wanted Jeb Bush, Pfft, a fucking big yeah, <laughs> loaded load of shit. To Jeb, Jeb I mean, Bush. I didn't like I didn't like Trump either. I, I mean, I'm from New York too. I think he's just a rich bigot. Like but, he just, but you know, the thing he's, is, a, he's like he's a he's a snake salesman. But but that, but, that but like primaries need to be fair. The primaries need to be fair. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 but whatever it is. And honestly, I mean, we were begging for change, but I got to be honest, like the January 6th was the closest we ever came to change. Even if it was some, it was some crazy fucking people, that's the closest we ever came. Like when, when you're talking about a real insurrection, that's the closest we ever came in a long time. Well, and that, that's a sad statement, man, because that was no insurrection. That was no Tea Party, Boston Tea Party. You know, no. so, well, look, we're, but we're in a different time now. People don't have... People don't have the gumption. The, 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 they don't have the gumption, the wherewithal, and the and the government's way too powerful now, too yeah. big and powerful for that ever to, for that ever to be a real insurrection. Whether you want one or not, there won't be one. But 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 the fact of the matter is that certainly wasn't one. 
But no, but it was the closest was, thing we ever get to. It was almost like the people saying, "We're fucking, we've had enough, right?" Yeah, we've been waiting for that. Like they were scared. Like it showed everyone like what that does. And remember like how powerful. Remember, that there is. was more to that. The Democrats want to make that all about the election being stolen and Trump screaming about that. But that was really more also about a lot of other pent up frustrations people yeah. had, right? With the with the elites and the power brokers having all yeah. the control over them and all the it's money. A cla- it's, it's a class war. It's not a Democratic Republic. It's a class war. Ah, very good. But the Democrats, of course, want to make it a Democrat Republican thing. Of course. Yeah, they want to make it a white and black thing. They want to, that, that's that's what politics does. It, it 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 puts us on different ends, and that's not that's not how we're supposed to work. Yeah, <laughs> we need to right. talk that's to each a, other. We got to figure things out. We got you know. We got to work together to make this right. thing. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That's a great point. That was a class war thing. It wasn't a Republican versus Democrat thing. It wasn't a, you know, but once again, they always wanted the Democrats are very good at this, although they've been very bad at this as far as running for office this year, is to make that their narrative, right? Their narrative. Their yeah. narrative is that it's it, the Republicans, they question elections and that and that and that's the, that'll end democracy, right? That's their narrative, just like just like their narrative was. You must. We must lock down. We must close businesses. We must wear masks. We must do vaccines because if not, we're going to kill. You know, everyone doesn't do that. Is selfish and is going to kill everybody. That was their narrative, right? So they have. Yeah, and certain- then and then no help for the people. We got we got two yeah. checks, and then now we have twenty four <laughs> million people isn't on that, addiction. But aren't those two <laughs> checks? Isn't that the epitome of here's your peanuts, you little fucking pheasants? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's some French off with your head shit. Like that that was pulling up to that. Like yeah. people losing businesses. I, I I mean, I'm under eviction. That's what I'm dealing with right now because of the whole situation. Yeah, where are you coming in? Where are you again? Uh I'm in I'm 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 on the edge of Bushwick, so in Brooklyn. Oh, you're in Brooklyn. You're you're yeah. Brooklynite. You're a fellow Brooklynite. Yep. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. So but Bushwick has become very expensive, hasn't it? Oh my God, it's it's insane! And they're building these complexes, and there's three people in there. the The rent's thirty four hundred. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the all, all the people that used to live here are gone. There might be like one or two people within like a couple of blocks that still own a building that originally lived here. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's true. So, what do you? But before you go, I, w- I want your opinion. Does Lee Zeldin have a chance? I hope. Yeah, we can't like. Even if you're Democratic, you can't vote Herschel because the crime is insane. And it's and on local, top of that, Hochul, you can't vote Hochul. Yeah, you yeah, Herschel. whatever. The, you can't yeah, Herschel. Herschel. We, we, yeah, love, we love Herschel. We don't like Hochul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, she's a, she's clueless, man. Then she goes on and says it's not a big deal. What's not a big deal? deal? <laughs> letting letting like, serious criminals out on bail right away. <laughs> And it's, yeah. it's absolutely the crime's insane over here, and you can't even carry a pocket knife. You'll get in trouble. Like, there's no way to protect yourself. Exactly, you can't protect yourself. You can't yeah. protect yourself, but you know who has all the guns? The criminals. I mean, we know that. We know yeah. that. We know this. This yeah, is you know the guy has bullets in my building, yeah. and people you know, get you know shot and killed outside. You know who loves gun laws? Criminals. They love gun laws because yeah. then they'll have all the guns. Yeah, and then all. <laughs> That and then all our weapons that Biden sent to Ukraine are now all over Europe. They don't know where they went. That's why we have people on the ground. <laughs> what we're talking here, Tony, is common sense, and that, like yes. Bill Maher has said many times, the Democratic <laughs> Party has no common sense. Zero. There's no. 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 <laughs> nope. 
Nope, nope, nope. It's all like this emotional feel-good bullshit. And there's nothing real about it. There's nothing that actually works about anything they like, they do. It's, it's, all, it's all very harmful. But uh, a lot of it's virtue signaling, you know? It, it, basically, everything the Democrats are for is just virtue signaling, right? It's all yeah. virtue signaling. I'm better than you, I wear a mask. I'm better than you, I got all the boosters. I'm better than you, I got five boosters, you got four. It's all of Ukrainian. I'm blue check. I got the blue check. <laughs> well, I'll have that on Monday, hopefully. Once, once, and we'll talk about Twitter again in a minute. But hopefully, come Monday, the, I'll pay my $8 and, the, and, the, and the, I'll get my blue check mark. And the, and the playing field will be leveled. But Yeah, yeah I'm just hoping Elon Musk just shuts down anything that's coming from the government. DHS can't call in. They, they, they shouldn't even be allowed to be... <laughs> They're like they're like tied together. It's YouTube's like YouTube's. Everyone's getting punished for for like it, for saying anything. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, and the fact of the matter is, the Democrats. That's what they hate about Elon Trump. Elon Musk. Elon Trump. <laughs> Elon, <laughs> Elon Musk, Trump. Elon Musk. Is yeah. That, uh, is that he will level the playing field, and they're not going to be able to just peddle their side before an election, <laughs> and they're going to lose all that power now, not just before this. election. Before the 20. Yeah, they and really think want, they support. really wanted to corner the market in twenty four the way they did in twenty, and they're not going to be able to do that now. So too bad. That's too bad. Oh my god, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 you know the Democrats they 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 loved that Trump was banned, and they of course they were hoping if if Twitter if the old guard kept control they'd ban any Republican who ran for president, right? They'd ban DeSantis, they'd ban everybody. So only the Democrats running would have a voice, and that's what they wanted. And now they're not going to have that, you know, and that's that's what they hate. They don't the Democrats simply hate the level playing field. They don't want this is not like he's he's like he's not like he's not. Hello. You can get a blue check mark that is leveling the playing field or Bernie Sanders or me, you know, so they don't like that. They don't want that. They don't want it. They don't want equal free speech. They just want their side. When their side says it, it's, it's factual. When the Republicans say it, it's false information. And that's the narrative they believe. They, that's the narrative they want to push. And they know it's not going to fly with Elon Musk. So, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the, 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 like the, sem, the censorship is like... Now, just like I've, I've, I was taking a look at the elections interference operations playbook they put out. Uh-huh. If elections interference operations playbook they put out in 2020, it, 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 basically, it's a book they put out for the the people like the the Democrats that were running, and it basically set up the whole connection between them. The intelligence program, uh, the, the two, the uh, uh, DHS, <laughs> FBI, and it put them all together, <laughs> so sure. that they. <laughs> yeah, no. We, this is another thing the Democrats are afraid of. All these, they're going to have all these hearings, not just about Fauci and, and the COVID nonsense, but also all this stuff with the social media. <laughs> Social media being in cahoots with the government and the Biden administration, all that stuff is going to come out as well. All that stuff is going to be invested. Yeah, it's it, it's the real deep state. Like that wasn't a lie. No, <laughs> they were calling everyone crazy anytime they said it about that. But there's some real deep state stuff going on. Well, and the more they investigate, the more emails they they discover, they uncover. I mean, we have something called emails, 
and they're able to uncover yeah. them even if they're deleted. And we see this happening. We saw we saw emails going from Fauci to Twitter saying, "And please get rid of this account. It's making fun of me." Please, get, they, it happened all the time. That's how they control. Uh, yeah, the not only that, the uh, Dr. Shiva in Massachusetts, his Senate race, they are they basically destroyed the ballots. It destroyed the ballots. Yes. Incredible. Uh, I sent you the link, but it's uh, it's a Valsha First Amendment Twitter Galvin lawsuit. Ah, it's okay. it's the hidden yeah it's a hidden lawsuit that shows the connection between um, the setup between the government the government entities and uh, the control over um, you know mo- um, you know the the media platforms and how they were controlling it. Not only that, they, they, it's, it's full, it's a full court case that was, that was set up in the Supreme that he won against everything. And it also proved that there was actual uh, election fraud that happened. Well, there's more and more of that now. And this is the thing. Once again, I've said this before. The Democrats over the last three years have shown they're just going to do things as long as they can get away with them, right? Whether it's yeah. breaking the laws or defying the Constitution, which to me is basically breaking the, the, the highest law of the land. And and they don't care. They'll do it until a court tells them to stop. And in some cases, like in New York with uh, Eric Adams and the and the vaccine mandate, he says, fuck you, court. I'm not going to listen to you. They don't care. The Democrats do not believe in the Constitution. They don't no. believe in freedom. They don't believe in the Second Amendment. They don't believe in the First Amendment. They want many, many limits on these amendments. And they've never really liked the Constitution. Uh, and and, and they've really, in the last two years, they've proven this more than ever before. Especially yeah, and here's a court case that lays actual election fraud by the Democrats. Right. Of course. There's no, there's yeah. no doubt about it. So all this stuff is then going to start coming out in January. And this is what the Democrats really, really fear. Because what that also means is the Republicans, like Rand Paul and such, will be able to have hearings on this stuff as the next presidential election cycle is going on. They should. They, we, yeah. they, like, people, they, the whole idea is they're supposed to be holding each other accountable, right. and they're not. Right. Like, <laughs> it needs to be accountability. And Democrats yeah. know that accountability will hurt them not only now, but it'll hurt them in 2024. As the people of this country start to see how they've been hoodwinked and used and abused so much over the last three years. Yeah. So basically what happened is Dr. Shiva was asking for the uh, uh, copy of the ballots and basically uh, Charlie Baker, Secretary of State, destroyed a million ballots, images used to count the votes on electronic equipment, and just evades answering. And he posted those emails on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And not only that, um, the – they they told Twitter to go make him take it down or else he'll lose his account. So he took it down and then they and then they they deleted his account. Incredible. 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 Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's the thing. When 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 Democrats like to say, Oh, this this questioning of election process and if an election is fair is so anti democratic. Uh, no, it's not. That is called democracy. Okay. Yeah. That is whether you, whether Republican, Democrat, or Independent, you got to be held accountable. Right. What Trump That's did was he used the courts. He didn't win. Yeah. But he used the court system. Now, what what, Demi- what Democrats are trying to say is Trump using, I think he had like thirty court cases. Using the court system is anti-democratic. How is using the court system anti-democratic? Using the court system is the most democratic thing you can do. Okay. Yeah. He, he lost. He lost. Okay. So what? You don't always win, but you're allowed to use the court system. 
That's what it's there for. Yeah, and the Democrats use the court. They're trying to use the court system like crazy going after him. You know, <laughs> Not only that court system, the the, the 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 two major courts in New York, the the federal court in New York, like yeah, any court that they can have go after him, they're they're making him go after him. And when the Democrats like, so like I don't the, know why they're complaining. It's the usual hypocrisy. When the Democrats do it, it's fine. When anyone, when the other side does it, it's, it's not fine. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I like I said, I could do a show every night for like three years on Democrat hypocrisy, <laughs> especially over the last you know two and a half three years. It's just been endless, one thing after another, after another, after another. And they keep going. They double and they double and triple down on it, man. They don't. They don't even. Not one second of introspection. Not one second. D- Tony, let me go. Thanks for the call. I All right. Yeah, good Yo, you have a good night, Mike. Good, good talking to you. All right. Yo, be good, brother. All right. Okay. So, what I want to talk about, and then I'll do. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about this, and I will also do a uh, do a film review at the end. Um, of a film called Armageddon Time, which takes place in Queens take, in 1980. Okay. And a little hint, a little preview. Who else was coming of age in Queens? Who, what guy was coming Coming of age? He was already somebody, but wasn't a big, wasn't a big shot yet with Donald Trump. So that's a little preview of Armageddon Time. But Elon Musk, I want to talk about this. Elon Musk fired, I'm here in San Francisco, he fired like half of the workforce today at Twitter, like I couldn't believe how many people worked at Twitter, like 8,000 people. Why the fuck does an app need 8,000? I don't know. I think that's a little – I'm not a business person, but I would say 8,000 is a little bloated. So he fired about 4,000 of them. And most of them were in the Twitter uh, Orwellian uh, uh, 1984 censorship bureau, which should never have existed. That's who he fired. All the, like, the tech people, the coding people stay. So – and then there's this huge outcry <laughs> – by mostly people on the left as usual saying how draconian it is that he's firing people now wait a minute wait a minute first of all why are they even why why can they have an opinion isn't it a private company weren't we told for the last three years it's a private company if they want to delete accounts they want to censor things they want to push the democratic narrative they have every right to do that that there's no real freedom of speech with a private company isn't that what the left and the progressives and people like aoc have been trying to tell us for the last three years. Now, all of a sudden, Elon Musk owns this and it's not a private company anymore. Once again, Democrat hypocrisy. But this outcry that, oh, my God, a new owner fired people. Oh, unheard of. Who has ever heard of a new person taking over a company and firing people? Oh, my God. But everyone but Elon Musk has the right to do this, you see. Everyone but Elon Musk has the right to come in and make changes. And as Elon Musk said, and then they made it look like he was like a total horrible draconian guy that was throwing these people out on the street. First of all, do you know how much money these people have made? These weren't like $15. These weren't like 30,000 a year jobs. These people were making six figures. They had 401ks. They're not like, they can afford to not work for a while. Unlike most people who are being thrown on their ass by democratic policies. But anyway, Elon Musk said, well, if there's this thing in California, which I had never heard of, whatever, which says that you have to give 60 day notice if you do layoffs at companies of like 20 or 30 employees or more or give 60 days severance. But Elon Musk gave 90 days severance. As he, Elon Musk has said, he gave a month longer than you have to. OK. And as Elon Musk tweeted today. Regarding Twitter's reduction in force, unfortunately, there is no choice. When the company is losing over four million a day, 
four million a day it was losing. Everyone exited was offered three months of severance, which is 50% more than legally required. Okay, so they went crazy as though he was like firing people who were making $20 an hour and wasn't giving them anything. These people making six figures who are now getting three months free pay. Okay, and believe me, these techies living in San Francisco, they'll get jobs much sooner than that. To say the owner all of a sudden in this case, in this one specific case, doesn't have a right to come in. And do what he has to do to make his company profitable after he just spent 44. Most people don't spend 44 billion on a company. One, one guy, one guy. And all of a sudden now, oh, what an odd thing. This never happened. No, when a new owner takes over a team, there aren't changes. When a new manager takes over a team, when a new general manager takes over a sports team, everyone is fired. Everyone. Do they care about those people? But in a corporation, when there's a new owner, I worked in radio. When a new owner came in, a lot of people were fired. A lot because the owner would say, oh, this isn't necessary. I got I got to cut corners here. I got to go or I want my own people. They want their own people, just like a manager or a general manager. An owner wants their own people. That's their right. And remember, most of the people he fired were part of the censorship bureau. There was this was Orwellian censorship bureau of Twitter where a lot of people worked. Thousands of people worked. And those are the jobs he cut because they shouldn't have been there in the first place. And what's really amazing, and it makes me laugh, if you go on Twitter, you'll see these speeches, these grand exit speeches by employees of Twitter. I am so proud of the work I've done. They give these, these, poet, these, poetic, po- these poetic novels of their times at Twitter. Who cares? Has, have we ever entertained this before? Have we ever, when, 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 when a coder that works at some other tech company gets fired, do we entertain their poetic exits on Twitter? They're all giving these poetic exits on Twitter. It reminds me, I could not bring up the clip because it was too long. And I didn't want to do any editing because I'm lazy. Of the scene in The Clockwork Orange where Alex comes back home uh, and finds that that guy Joe has taken over. You know, he was in prison and he comes back and he's cured and his parents are renting his room out. And it's a very somber speech at the end where he goes, okay, I'm leaving now. You won't have to worry about me anymore. This is like the speeches these people are giving. We're leaving now. Don't worry about us. We'll survive. Who cares? I don't care. I truly don't care. Only a loser would do that job anyway. Go see the movie 1984 if you haven't. That's your job. Taking print and and changing the print, changing the headlines. That was your job at Twitter. Who needs you? Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. But the owner has the right. The owner has the right. It's not draconian. It's not draconian. It's not draconian to lay off people who are making six figures in positions that weren't important, that were costing the company $4 million a day, and that are going to get three months free pay. Okay? That's not draconian. That's treating people a lot better than most of us peons and peasants are treated, are treated when we lose a job. Well, you lose the job that you were making 20 bucks an hour and you don't even get one minute's severance. Okay? Feel for those people. Don't feel for these Twitter people just because it's Elon Musk and you just gotta hate him. You gotta make him the boogeyman like Trump. Enough is enough with that shit. So there's that. Do I want to go over the polls before I do the film review? Um, you get, uh, Tony and, and Chase, do you guys want to talk again? Do you guys have any final words to say on this Friday show, four days before? Let's see. I don't know if you want something.
Did you want yeah. to say something? Yeah, I'm always ready to talk, man. <laughs> Tony, you there? Did you want to say something else? Because you were in the queue. Can you hear to me? Talk. Hello? Nope. Okay. Chase. Did you have any final comments? Hey, hey what's up? Oh no, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't. I just don't understand how this app works. I just got it. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> so I I've only been doing this uh, uh, call in for six months now, five days a week. I still don't know. You know what? They're constantly oh, changing. No, they constantly. No, that, that's good. I was just, <laughs> they're, my, they're... my whole point was uh, was I thought it would be cool to if everybody could. I don't know how it works, but if everybody like me, uh, let's see who else is in this. Uh, I think Tony, Daniel, Mike, Pierre. Tony, Daniel, Pierre, like. We all just jump in on the same call. Is that able to even happen and have conversations? I mean, I'm sure that maybe for a later date, but yeah, that, but that, 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 that's it's just hard to orchestrate that. Then it becomes like a what do you call it? Like a party room. It's tough, you know. You know, I yeah. I, I, I would prefer to conduct this show like a talk show on the radio. You know, no, where it's really, uh, yeah, I, yeah, no, I not I completely. It's your show, Mike. I'm, I'm just I was just wondering. Is that how that works, or is it? It may not be. It may not be how you want to conduct it. Yeah, I'm just wondering. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always, it's always you know, it's it's actually it's actually if I can think of it. Let me see. Take next call or mute invite. I actually think it's even tough to do on the app because basically all the app lets me do is take one caller at a time. One caller at a time. Right. Yeah, gotcha. In other words, I can I can hit next caller, but then the next caller will come on, but you'll go off. I'll go so off. I, I don't okay. even think I don't even think the app is set up for that kind of a thing. To tell you the truth. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's fine. Good. That's fine. And I didn't have any. any All right, but have a good weekend, Chase. Have a yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. You right. too, Mike. Okay. All right. Um, what I want to do is quickly go over. Let me just quickly go over these polls. Then I want to do a film review. Um, but the polls leading up until we have four days left, leading up to the final weekend here, they have not changed much, and I don't think they will. I mean, we're, when you're at this point now, when you're getting into the way we're 72 hours before the election starts. It's really not going to change. It's kind of set in stone. There are always those people, and they always annoy me. I, I'm always annoyed, whether it's now a midterm or a presidential election. These campaigns go on for six, eight, 12 months, 15 months, some of them. And it'll be like a day before the election. And, you know, they'll, they'll interview people on television or they'll do focus groups. And they'll say, well, I, I really haven't made up my mind yet. It's like, what the fuck? How could you not make up your mind when the election cycle is like a year here? it blows my mind that you can get like on the eve of the election, people are like, well, I'm still deciding. What, what else do you need to see? In it always bothers me. That always bugs me. But there are, there are some people like that. But I think most people have their minds made up. And it's really looking good. I mean, if you go to realclearpolitics.com, they are now still giving the Republicans 54 seats. 54. Uh, and, uh, that would be, of course, incredible in the Senate. Um, in the House, they're giving them uh, 31. So uh, it'll be like a pickup of four for the GOP to give them control, and it'll be a huge pickup to give them uh, easy control of the House. Um, and it looks like they're giving Dr. Oz the win in Pennsylvania. Yep. They're giving these all these tight Senate races. Um if you believe the polls uh, and then Arizona, they're giving Blake masters the win. That's a, another big one. And if you go to what else, where else, what is what's another big one? Oh, Nevada. Another big one. They're giving Laxalt the win there. That's another big one. 
And where else can we go? Where else can we go? Let's see. Ohio. Ohio. Vance, the win. Another big one. Another really big one. Actually, Vance is winning easily now. Tim Ryan's such a fucking dope. Really is. Uh, so he's winning also. And Ohio is, is pretty is pretty solidly Republican now. So in this in this political climate, I can't imagine a Democrat winning. And Florida. What do you got? Florida? Rubio. Easily going to win. That's good. And one more biggie. What's another biggie? Oh, of course. Georgia. Right now, Georgia's really tight, but they're giving it to Herschel Walker. So real clear politics really is big on the Republicans winning basically every tight race they have. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. They have it as a toss up. Walker is now ahead and the last poll put him up by four. But they think it's going to go. Here's that crazy thing that they do in Georgia, which I wish they didn't do. I don't like it. Where if you don't get 50 percent of the vote, it goes to a runoff. I mean, these 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 races are long enough. It happened last time in Georgia with Warnock. But and they don't think Walker, they don't think the winner, whoever it is, is going to get to 50. And so therefore, if it doesn't if no one gets to 50, it doesn't matter who's ahead. It goes to a runoff between Walker and Warnock on December 6th. So that's another month, another month, another month of a campaign, another month of spending millions of dollars. It shouldn't be. It should not be. Whoever gets the most votes should win. So that would probably go to. So what the Republicans are hoping for is that if that goes to a runoff, that is not like it was two years ago. That is not the deciding election. They'd rather not have that. They'd rather have. So the Republicans need to have 51 with Georgia not being. If Georgia's not decided, they need 51. And then, of course, it won't matter. They'll either get to the state 51 or get to, what they don't want is 50. They don't want 50-50 with Georgia not being decided because then it all comes down to that. And we don't want another month of, we don't want another month of this, do we? So that's, that's the, the hope is that the Republicans will get to 51 without Georgia and then they won't have to worry about that being the control of the Senate. And according to Real Clear Politics, they think they'll get to 54 with Georgia not with, with, they'll, they'll get to 53 without Georgia. So if that holds, the Republicans will take control and, and Georgia won't matter for control just for an extra seat. So that's that's the situation there. Like I said, on Monday, it'll be our election eve show. We have one more show before the election. It'll be our election eve show. And uh, we'll see what we talk about. We'll see what develops over the weekend. But I think I'd like to try to, of course, keep it to the election if possible. And the latest polls, the final polls and what's going on and Everyone else's feelings about what's going on. Maybe on Monday night, you can call in, talk about what's going on in the ground where you live, what's going on in the ground in your state or your, your district. And we'll talk more about that on, uh, on Monday. But yeah, one, one more thing I just want to mention before I get to the review. Lee Zeldin has posted another, the New York Post, jogger raped in the heart of the city. This is the heart of the city. A vagrant with 27 priors busted in attack on West Village Pier, which you're also seeing a lot of these crimes including the attack on Paul Pelosi, which Democrats won't talk about. They're all illegal aliens. They're all illegals, either from Mexico or from another country or from Canada, either, even from, from Canada, like the, the pipe guy. You're, you're illegal alien. It, it's, it's amazing how many of these criminals, these violent criminals, are illegal aliens. And when that's happened, the Democrats always leave that part out. They conveniently leave that part out about the Pelosi attack, that this guy's an illegal. And we're seeing that over and over again. 
when Democrats are focusing on things, they leave out that part. They conveniently leave out that part. So all this crime going on in New York, and you have Kathy Hochul saying, it's made up. The numbers aren't real. The numbers are being faked. The number, the, <laughs> you, give her, you give her statistics showing that crime's going up, and she goes, oh, that's, no, those aren't real numbers. Crime's going up in Republican cities, not Democrats. She's full of shit. She's full of shit. Same thing with the COVID, right? The Democrats never wanted to look at the real data. They had their own fake data. They had their own narrative data that had no grounding in reality or actual basis. So that's that. Okay. So I do want to end the show on a film review, as I try to do every Friday when I see something. And uh, I just saw a film. Actually, I just saw it tonight. Just saw it a couple of hours before I went on the air. And it's called Armageddon Time. The... Um, if you see the movie, you'll understand the title, but it's a little deceiving. It sounds like, like a disaster film, right? But it's not. Uh, it takes place in 1980 in Queens, New York. It's actually an autobiography. The director is James Gray, who's absolutely, because of his very common name, common-sounding name, James Gray, I think he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. He's directed some incredible films. In fact, his first film was called... Um, uh, now I'm blanking out all of a sudden. Well, the last one he did, one of the last ones, it was Ad Astra, the science fiction film, which Brad Pitt, which was fantastic. I think it was like one of the better science fiction films uh, recently. And that was Ad Astra. But Little Odessa was the first film he did uh, with Tim Roth. And that was back in 1994. Uh, but this one is called, this one's autobiographical. It seems like we're getting a lot of these now. I think we can get the Steven Spielberg autobiographical film, right? The, the Fablemans coming out. But this is about uh, Jim, uh, James Gray's life of growing up in his uh, Russian Jewish family in Queens in 1980 and his friendship with a uh, black boy. And, of course, racism, as it always is and still is, but 1980 was still pretty much raging um, in much of this country. And, um, and the uh, of course, it was the more of the uh, subversive, you know, uh, under the uh, Soto Voce racism, not the 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 uh, the, uh, the uh, overt racism of the fifties and sixties, but it was still hanging around, hanging around there. And he goes to uh, the kid's name is Paul Graff, of course, James Gray, but the last name is changed, is changed to Graff in the film. Um, uh, once again, shortened from the. His actual family name. Um, and it's about this kid who goes to public school and meets this black boy. And they get, they're both kind of outsiders, you know, Graf being the Jewish kid and, and uh, Johnny Davis being the black kid. And they, uh, they, they build up a friendship. And uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a friendship that is kind of discouraged by the parents because the black kid is, is seen as being a little bit of wild, lives with his grandmother, very low income. Uh, the two of them get into a little bit of trouble together, often going to the principal's office. Uh, and the f- grandfather is played by Anthony Hopkins. Yes, Anthony Hopkins plays a Russian Jew and does it, of course, incredibly well because he's Anthony Hopkins. Um, and uh, he, uh, he plays the grandfather, who, of course, uh, is from Russia, had his uh, issues when he was growing up in Ukrainian with their hatred of Jews, and uh, also then traveled to the UK and then to America. So that's the basically how his grandparents arrived in America. Um, and so it's basically a coming of age story about this little Jewish kid growing up, going to public school and getting into a, a friendship with a black boy and getting into some trouble together. Um, and of course, as the film depicts, 
the black kid often gets the worst of it because he is seen as the black kid troublemaker where the little white kid um, gets a pass. And so basically the film is about their friendship and how it develops and how an incident that happens towards the end of the film where they both end up getting arrested and what happens from that, obviously Graf, the white kid gets better treatment than the black boy does, even though they were equally responsible for what happened. In fact, Graf was more responsible. He came up with an idea. I won't say exactly what it was, but it was stealing something and they end up getting caught because they're both in situations where they want to get away from their families. The black kid lives with his grandmother. Uh, she's, she, she's a disabled, low income. Um, and, and Graf, whose family is more middle income, although he sees that, it's very interesting. he sees that, he's always telling the black kid that his family's wealthy. They're not, but compared to the black kid, they are wealthy. And, um, and uh, they're basically middle income. His father's an engineer. And they, um, he, he doesn't like his family life. You know, he feels, obviously, he's uh, being forced to go to, pub, to private school. He doesn't want to. And so he has a lot of run-ins with his father when it comes to defying him because they want to put him in a private school. They want to take him out of the public school system because the private school system, obviously, is a lot better. Um, so it's this, it's this very pensive coming-of-age story. Nothing, like I said, there's an incident at the end, which is the climax of the film, but nothing extraordinary happens. There is that um, subliminal racism that goes on. In fact, I, I, should, I, should, I should say, when he gets to the private school, very funny, when he gets to the private school, and this is Queens in 1980, the benefactors of the private school are Fred Trump and Mary Trump, which are Trump's, uh, obviously, Donald Trump's parents. And um, I don't know if the par I'm sure his parents were actual benefactors for a private school in 1980. That's very possible. I, I don't know. I'd have to research the story more if this is actually true, that they were the benefactors of James Gray's private school. But it's very possible. Private school in Queens in 1980. But he does make those two the benefactors. And I don't know if anyone out there knows the actor who's been around forever named John Dahl. But John Dahl plays uh, Fred Trump. And it is absolutely John Deal, sorry, John Deal plays Fred Trump, and the 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 resemblance is is incredible. The way they make John Deal look like uh, Fred Trump, but even though John Deal is twenty seven years older than Jessica Chastain, Jessica Chastain plays Mary Trump. Once again, they're basically just cameos. They have a couple of scenes, but it's interesting that James Gray put the two the, the Trump parents as the benefactors of this private school. And once again, I have to look into the research if that was actually historically accurate if they were benefactors of his private school or not. But that is, that is an interesting element to bring basically our, our current times into this. And also it uses the backdrop of Reagan winning in 1980 also. This takes place in 1980. So it's the year that Reagan ran for president. Obviously this Russian Jewish family in Queens is very democratic and they hate Ronald Reagan. But what the film really does is it makes us think about the, the moral and ethical choices this young white Jewish kid has to make when it comes to his black friend. And when his friends at his private school call the kid nigger, does he do anything about that? Or does he just let it go? Um, there's a great scene where Anthony Hopkins, um, when he talks, when he, he confides in his grandfather a lot. His grandfather is like his best friend. And Anthony Hopkins gives him a, asks him what's going on. He knows something's wrong. And he says that these private school kids said something 
terrible about the black kid. And Anthony Hopkins understands what, what they said. And he says, what did you do about it? And the kid says, well, of course, I didn't do anything about it. You know, and, and Anthony Hopkins says, do you think that was a smart choice? Do you think that was the right choice? And the kid looks at him and Anthony Hopkins says, next time you tell those, you tell those fuckers, you tell those fuckers off, be a mensch and do the right thing. So it's all about this, remember this grandfather, Anthony Hopkins, who was, well, who was uh, prejudiced against because he was Jewish, right? And so he went through all of that and he understands what it's like to be prejudiced against. And this is something I've always talked about and people don't talk about this enough. And the film really delves into this. The real commonality between the Jewish experience and the black experience. And remember, I was growing up in New York in the 90s, well, 80s and 90s, but I worked in radio in the 90s. And there were the, the Crown Heights riots and there was the Tawana Brawley thing with, with Al Sharpton. And it was always that battle between the Jews and the blacks. And I always said to myself, what are they doing? They're, they're two sides of the same coin. They're two groups that have been discriminated against. Why aren't they friendly? Why aren't they fighting this together? I could never understand that. And this film really delves into that a lot, that the, the commonality between the Jewish experience and the black experience. And taking place in 1980, you remember, we're just talking about 10, 15 years since the civil rights movement and only 35 years since the Holocaust. We have to put things into perspective. And so the film really develops, delves into that really well. And once again, gives this kid growing up, this young James Gray, these moral and ethical conundrums of what to do, what to do when you are given the privilege that the black kid is not given? Do you just accept that privilege? Do you take responsibility for it? Do you defy it? What do you do? And it's a, it's a series of these moral and ethical conundrums that are very small when it comes to plot points, but very big when it comes to the reality of life and dealing with privilege. Um, it's a really great film. I, I think it's one of the best films of the year. I really do. I really do. Once again, it's one of those very subtle slow moving films that gives you a lot of time to think about the, these conundrums that, that this young kid who's only 12, 13 years old has to face. And not only will face at 12 or 13, but then will face later in life. And what will he do with them later in life? How will, how will, how will these experiences as a child um, play as he gets older? And if you know James Gray's career, you watch his films you'll pretty much see how it played out. So I really, I really recommend this. This is a great character piece. All the acting, the, 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 the casting of this Russian Jewish family in Queens in 1980, some of the best casting I have ever seen. It is incredibly realistic. And coming from New York, I know what works and what doesn't when it comes to that kind of, uh, those kinds of roles. And they're all great. Jeremy Strong as Irving Graff, his father, uh, Jessica, I'm sorry, um, uh, the, the grandparent, obviously, Anthony Hopkins playing his his grandfather. Um, Tova Feldshush, a great Broadway actress playing the grandmother. Uh, it's just absolutely. Anna Hathaway. Anna Hathaway. Anna Hathaway playing the mother. Fantastic. The casting is great. Banks, Rebetta as young Paul Graff, young James Gray. Fantastic. His black friend, Johnny Davis, played by Jalen Webb. They're all great. The casting is phenomenal. And so incredibly realistic portrait of that family in that time period in Queens, New York. Armageddon Time, directed by James Gray. Uh, I think it, it's, uh, in, in a lot of ways, it builds up. It's one of those films that is so subtle, but builds up to this conclusion that's like this really great, it's a really a great shattering film in a lot of ways, I think. Armageddon Time, one of the best films of the year. You see? Something, something to see over the weekend, something to see on this uh, election eve weekend, I guess you can call it. And uh, 
when we come back here on Monday night, it'll be election eve. All right. We'll be hours away from election time. And if once again, I want to I want to mention Tuesday night, anyone who is in the Bay Area Tuesday night, we're having a election night party. San Francisco Republicans. Yes, believe it or not. San Francisco Republicans do exist. So go to sfgop.org. If you can make a $20 donation, you don't have to. You can donate whatever you can or you can come for free. But uh, go on sfgop.org. And we're having our Tuesday night election night party starting at 7 p.m. here in San Francisco. Um, and if not, I guess you'll have to watch it on Fox. Right? But Watch the coverage on Fox. They usually do really good coverage on election night. All right. Another great show. I want to remind people, especially those who maybe you've been listening for the first time, this show airs Monday night through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. if you're over there in the U.K. Uh, the name of the show is Unless Be Heard. I'm Mike Chopley. And remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. I'll see you back here Monday night.